Welcome to The Well, where we get together and talk about life and death and everything in between. My name is Jay, and my favorite flavor of Doritos is Cool Ranch. My name is Pastor Carrie, and my favorite fall foliage is Aspen Yellow. I am Pastor Tim, and my favorite thing to do is digging ponds. Today's joke is a gift from Lorne Alwyn. Do you know that even with socks and shoes on, a bear still has bare feet? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's a that good was a good one. one. That's a good one. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. And let us introduce the last member of our team. Mel, why don't you come on up here? Say hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. All right, Mel here lives at the bottom of the well where we meet and we talk. And over all of the millennia that he's lived there, he has collected topics that he's overheard people discussing at the top of the well as they come and meet and, and draw water and those kinds of things. And he's kept all of those at the bottom just in case some people ever came along who wanted to discuss some topics. So he's going to go grab some questions for us from the bottom and see if he can come up with something that'll stump us. And um, we'll go from there. All right. All set, Mel? All right. Here we go. Down into the one he goes. All right. And here he comes. He's got a good one to start this morning. Here we go. Thank you, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Smaller paper, but larger sentence. Interesting. We'll see where this goes. So the Reformation replaced the authority of the church and church tradition with the sole authority of scripture. What was gained in this and what was lost? Okay, you want to do that just one, one more one time, time for sure. The Reformation replaced the authority of the church and church tradition with the sole authority of scripture. What was gained in this and what was lost? That's a Yeah, it's, that's quite a Quite one to uh, start with, huh? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is <laughs> an interesting one to start with. Uh, so I would say that one of the things that I love about Scripture is its internal conversation with itself, um, especially in Jewish Scripture, but all the way through the Bible, I think. Um, some author is saying one thing about who God is, and then another author comes and says something a little bit different. And uh, each time, I think when you when you put it all together, it tends to point away from a human God and a lot more toward a, um, a holy God. And I think with church tradition and with that being the authority, human values tend to take over our idea of who God is. And I just feel that, uh, that our scripture does such a lovely job of people disagreeing and coming up with all kinds of different things, um, but ultimately pointing to God as um, a someone who cares about things that maybe humans don't necessarily even know about um, and, and something just a little bit more holy and a little bit uh, less human than what we would tend to invent. So uh, I think that that was gained. And um, 
I personally think that in the Reformation we lost um, something important when it comes to saints uh, because so much of the feminine tradition of holy was uh, contained in our tra- in the tradition of saints um, and also um, Mary the mother of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And I feel like in some ways the Reformers threw a lot of that out when they said, hey, saints aren't God, we're, we're going to go right to God, we're not going to stop with saints, um, which has its own value to it. But uh, we did lose quite a bit of feminine, divine um, and energy and imagery in that transition. When I look at this question, I want to make sure that we know that the the literal interpretation of Scripture and viewing Scripture as almost God actually is a tradition that stands against what Luther was trying to get to here. Uh, Luther was a strong proponent of Scripture interpreting Scripture. You know, the, the... words of Jesus interpreting the other words of the Bible. Um, when Jesus says all the law and the prophets are fulfilled in loving Lord God, heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor yourself, he's basically saying you interpret scripture through the love of Christ, through the love of God. Um, the other part is um, scripture was not God to Luther. It was a the cradle of Christ. Um, and matter of fact, he removed books from the Catholic canon, the, the Apocrypha, and wanted to remove more, which I wish he would have. I really wish he would have taken them. <laughs> People, if you want to call me, Certain go ahead and call me. Name. But uh, Revelation and James really are contradictory of the rest of the New Testament, in my viewpoint. Um, so I think that's something that uh, when we look at sole soul authority of Scripture, um, the other thing that I think gets washed away in this... Um, that's a negative for me. I love the saints part that Pastor Kerry said, but um, we've lost, we've lost, we've lost <laughs> the uh, um, um, action of the Spirit and God speaking to us, as Luther said, through the trees, through the sunset. Um, that God speaks to us beyond just the scriptures and the guidance of the Spirit. Um, and I think we lose the idea that we were told in scriptures that what we bind on earth is bound in heaven, what we loose on earth is loose in heaven. And from the beginning of the church, we've been binding and loosing this different parts of scripture, different laws. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think for me, um, I think what was gained is... Um, when you rely on scripture and I'll, I'll say from for for me seeing scripture i re, i relate to one of the comments you made pastor tim with um martin luther um i think it was in his one of his christmas sermons where he said that the um the the bible is the cradle that holds christ um and seeing scripture in that way that if christ is god revealed on earth and scripture is the place where that is held um, it really makes it not about me in my traditions or my views of that. Um, and I, or, or the churches, dare I say. Um, and I think there's something to be gained there. Um, because, um, I've had quite a few experiences in my life and, and have met with quite a few people that have seen scripture, the soul authority scripture be taken so far that it's like, the guidebook, the manual for life, do it at this word right. or or else, right? Let's open it today and see what Jesus tells me to do. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so um, I think 
I don't want to say that was lost, but I think sometimes we can almost take it too far or maybe misinterpret. And so I, I, I like it within the context of, of, but it holds Christ, right? At the end of the day, it holds Christ. Yes, there, I do believe in the authority of scripture, just to be clear, but, um, through the lens of Christ revealing who God is and, um, Christ is held in scripture. Um, as far as what was lost, um, I think, I don't know how to say this, so I'm probably going to answer questions <laughs> later after people read this or listen to this podcast, but um, the church, I see why Martin Luther did it, and the church was <laughs> going rogue. I mean, Martin Luther had stronger words, um, but at the same time, um, I think some sometimes, although I'm glad it's not about me, Scripture also does call to human interaction with creation. And sometimes I think we can almost use like, you know, solely scripture as like a crutch to not see where we're active or where Christ calls us to join the work. Um, I'm not saying that against Martin Luther Reformation, but I think that might have been what has happened in the past 500 years. Interesting. Yeah. mm. I'm still thinking about it, but that's yeah. that's my quick thoughts. It's a big, it's a big question. Yeah. It's a big question. All right, great. Let, well, let's try another one. Maybe a little lighter this time. Yeah. Mel, what do you think? You gonna give us a little lighter one this time? All right, here we go. Here he is. Lies. Yeah, okay. I know. He never <laughs> gives us light ones. All right. Mel's gonna come up with a big here one here. Here he comes. Good one, Mel. All right, he we'll just see. Laughs. We'll see what he says. All right. Jesus told his followers, do not worry about tomorrow, what you will eat or drink. Is this good advice to a single parent who is late on rent? One more time. Jesus told his followers, do not worry about tomorrow, what you will eat or drink. Is this good advice to a single parent who is late on rent? That was not light. (laughs) No. You know, if we look at the audience of the time, and so I kind of do struggle. I understand the do not worry. Um, do not worry doesn't mean don't take action. I think we've turned do not worry into t- not taking action. Oh, interesting. Worry doesn't solve the problem. And the worry just maybe brings you down to dumps to make you even unable to deal with the problem even more. And if you look at the audience Jesus was speaking to, it was a hand-to-mouth society. Many people following Jesus woke up that morning going, what am I going to make, what am I going to eat today, and how am I going to get it? Um, that's why the feeding of 5,000 was such a cool thing, because people were living on the edge, and now all of a sudden, here's all this food. Um, I think it has more to do with the worry, and don't take worrying not worrying equating it with inaction i still think action needs to be taken by the single mom and those around the single mom i mean what jesus would say is why does a single mom have problems getting food for her family and that's what the church has to answer yeah that's um that's that's kind of where my mind was going of um you know jesus was in the early church, um, took this on, but Jesus led that form of community. Um, I think of, 
um, the idea of Ubuntu, Ubuntu, sorry, I mispronounced that first time, but um, that, um, you know, if someone in my village or someone in my community is hurting, then I'm hurting, mm-hmm. right? And I, for me, I think um, Jesus has a little bit of a, a loaded statement here in my interpretation of um, not putting it just on, in this scenario, on the single parent, do not worry, but actually on the community saying, let's take care of one another so we do not worry <laughs> about eating tomorrow. And so um, I, I'm i going to say pretty boldly, I think we've we've misused this, it, we being like a large church, um, we've probably misused this um, statement by Jesus to like tell people to just, um, you know, stop worrying about things that are like big things in their life and that it, certain things come with worry, but more so of where are more of a challenge from Jesus of how are we taking care of one of each other? How are we being community? How are we summing up um, the law and the prophets by loving our neighbor? Um, how are we creating moments where there is less to worry about? Um, I don't know. I probably could spend our whole podcast time thinking about that, but that's kind of my first initial um, initial thoughts. Of I, I think it's deeper than the singular, if you're worrying, don't do it because Jesus said so. I think it's a deeper community loving our neighbor thing. Yeah, interesting. Um, uh, This is my wedding text, so extra special to me. Um, It's part of my wedding text. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So when I think of it, what I what I want to concentrate on is is the word is the word worry, right? And I think we've all kind of addressed it a little bit. Um, Jesus go out goes on to say, "Who by worrying has added." added a moment to mm-hmm. their lives, right? So when I think of that, I almost think that Jesus is talking m- more about w- what we say, um, projecting ourselves into the future and in- inventing what's going to be wrong on that day. Um, it- it's an excuse not to live in the present mm. um, is kind of how I hear these words coming from Jesus. Uh, is an, It's an excuse to, you know, because he does talk about, you know, do not live, treasure where moths can eat and thieves can steal, right? I feel like it's sort of along those same lines of like, uh, why are you projecting yourself into the future and wondering what it's going to be like then when you have and again, that reminds me of feeding of the five thousand, right? Because that's it's a it's a perfect story of living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, is is everything that we need we have here right in this moment? Um, so it reminds me a lot of again some of some of um, some Eastern philosophies about you know all you have all you have is the present. Um, that's all you really have and um, to project yourself constantly into the future and worry or project yourself constantly into the past with regret is to absolutely lose the gift that uh, is the kingdom of God that Jesus says is right now so that's kind of where I go on that one that that thank you I guess I want to say first like that um definitely is it, it I instantly thought of how often um how often do we talk so much about like getting to heaven or avoiding hell? Again, we meaning Christianity as a whole. Um, when <laughs> I mean, even that right. relates, right? Yeah, like, interesting. Yeah. What about I right now? Ta- what about, about it that way? Yes. Being here right now, our present. Live in the kingdom today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's something that I'm really struggling with. There's a book that I'm reading now called Christians Against Christianity, and he talks about how the church has become comfortable and cozy with the wealthy and the powerful and has in the process ignored the poor, the widow, and the orphan, and the alien. 
And it's really convicting me that um, we're more worried about how we're viewed by those in power than we are by... We've we've made the... We've stopped afflicting the comfortable and stopped comforting afflicted, it seems like. Hmm. And by we, I mean me. I'm in there, too. Right, yeah. Play role. Very good. And, And... Really good, deep question, Mel. Thank you, but but What's seriously, color. Let, let's yeah, get, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. He's gonna go one more time for us. Oh. All right. Looks like Mel's what got some mischief planned. <laughs> all right, here he is. Shake it off, Mel. All right, there we go. Oh no. All right, we'll see. You. We'll see you soon, <laughs> we'll Mel. See what Thank it is. you. I hope that I hope this goes well. Uh-oh, <laughs> the throat clearing beforehand. <laughs> Why should I believe everything I've heard about afterlife, and how do I trust? <laughs> Why should I believe everything I have heard about the afterlife, and how do I trust? Um, Take it, Jay. So uh, that mischief you were talking about with Bill. Um <laughs> Uh, so why should I believe everything I've heard about the afterlife? Well, I'm just going to go off there and say you you probably shouldn't. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to say no uh, to start. Um, and um, I think, <laughs> is it okay if I defer to one of you to start? Yeah, is of that course. Okay? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. The two things I'll quick say, and then maybe I can just jump in as a follow-up sure. with you two, but First, I should say, no, you shouldn't believe everything you've heard about the afterlife or that people teach. And then the second thing is, um, how do I trust? Um, I, I don't know. Let's find out together <laughs> yeah. through community. But, I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. Um, I, it, 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 it's working for me a little bit off of actually the last question, um, which is, again, Jesus says this a couple of times, don't, don't worry so much about what's going to happen later on, right? Jesus says, we've got that covered, right? He, and I, he underst- I think Jesus understood that the human condition is such that we, we worry about what happens when we die because um, it's a very big mystery, right? No one really knows. But I think that's the key. Uh, as someone tells you they know what happens in the afterlife, um, you know, they don't because no one really does. And we, we, we have to just sort of take that as it comes. We really don't have any other choice. And the gift that that gives us is to be able to live each moment again. I think that, that eternal present that Jesus calls us into so many different times. Um, and I, I think Jay is exactly right. Um, trusting is a path. It's a journey. It's an every moment of every day thing. Um, trusting is, uh, trusting is everything from that the sun is going to come up in the morning to that a loved one isn't going to, um, betray you to, you know, that, um, doctors are going to help you when you need help, right? Mm -hmm. Life is all about trust because we have very few guarantees and we have truly not a lot of control over what happens so it's a daily um, exercise and in living into how can i trust and how can i be comfortable how, how can i live in that in that journey mm. um first of all the 
everything I've heard about the afterlife, first of all, a lot of what we've heard about the afterlife comes from a misinterpretation of Daniel and Revelation. Also, most of what we know about the afterlife comes from uh, a misinterpretation by Hollywood. I'm sorry, we do not become angels. Angels are a separately created being. I just have to say that. Um, and thirdly, our misinterpretation of afterlife comes from Dante's Inferno and Greek mythology, which also has nothing to do with scripture. Right. So first of all, as they have both said, most of what you've heard about the afterlife is malarkey. Or we just, maybe we, it's true. I don't know. know. It must it don't be know, a weird right? coincidence, but I guess it could be completely exactly the way Dante wrote it. Right. But we don't know that, right? Uh, okay. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I'll apologize to Dante at the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> and faith is trusting and I'm, I'm reading a book right now by um oh, i can't remember her name but it's 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 a poetry book by it's entitled saint agnostica um she is a christian lady who just the the author who who died last year and um, she was a poet who who had cancer and she'd been writing these poems uh her poems changed to what's happening um as she's dying and um, the proclamation of not having trust while at the same time holding deeply onto trust, I think, is the paradox we live in. Mm. Um, trust is holding on to that which, or faith, which I cannot see but having a trust that it's holding me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about the best way I could put it. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing her writing, but... Um, I read it last night out of my uh, pain. We pre-record these, and yesterday there was a school shooting in, outside of San Antonio, Texas, um, in a small town, and um, I just stayed up all night reading poetry because I have to trust in something. Mm-hmm. Poetry and po- psalms. Yeah, and I, I think the, the one thing that maybe... Maybe I can add. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. In this one, I was like, "All right, the pastors could take this one." Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, in in my reading of specifically the Gospels, Jesus doesn't spend all that much time talking about heaven, and right. spends a whole lot of time talking about how we act right now. Right. And so I think for me, um, I guess when we're talking about the afterlife, like. The afterlife's going to be what it is, <laughs> and we all yep. have ideas of what it might be, but at the end of the day, um, Jesus really focused on what what Jesus was doing. Um, actually, per our last question, in the present. Yeah. Um, and so um, I don't want to deflect the question, but I also think that um, sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that when we have today, um, when, when we have... Um, neighbors to 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 love and, and people to feed and um you know changes to make because of violence and all of that we have that right now um and i don't think my view i'm going to say this for me i don't think my view of what's going to happen in the afterlife is um um necessarily going to affect what actually happens in the afterlife but my view of how i treat my neighbor and others right now does affect right now and I guess what I carry with me when I call that malarkey, and I know that was a little harsh, but um, is the Pauline passage, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And he runs through all these things, but not even death. 
yeah. that in death I'm still going to be held in Christ's love. Yeah, and regardless and of what that is. that's the promise I have. Yep. It's a practice of living into your belovedness in life and in death. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think, see, now I have thoughts, but <laughs> I think that trust really is living that day to day. Right. Right? Yeah. Together. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. And really, really wonderful time for a little snack. After all the that mental exercise, who couldn't use a little snack? I believe that who has our recipe today is Doug, our producer. All right, Doug, what do we got? All right. So we have out of the St. Luke's, uh, let's see here. It's the St. Luke's 2004 cookbook. A um, yeah. couple copies in the office if anybody wants to come peep the recipe. Uh, it is caramel corn. It's it's a it was a pretty simple recipe. I made a mm. um, big old batch of popcorn, uh, stovetop popcorn, and made a caramel sauce and poured it over, tossed it in the oven. It is addicting, so be careful. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Too far away from us. <laughs> Uh, the, you can tell the popcorn is really good quality. Mm-hmm. I'll start by saying that. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, yeah, just couldn't be more delicious. Just caramel, the beautiful, not too sticky, not too crunchy flavor, just right. I love it. Uh, f- what's our scale again? Five? Out of five, yeah. Five. I'm, um, well, first of all, I'm going to just start with saying I'm a five. Well, for sure. And... Uh, one of the main reasons is um, the popcorn stays like, I don't know how to describe this, but it stays like yes. sturdy or, mm. but yeah, I don't it's, know. It's still firm. Even it didn't oh. melt in with the yeah, it's not mushy or caramel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, really good, good recipe. Well executed. I, yes. I really can't say anything against it other than the fact that I'm going to eat too much of it. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we were out at um, an establishment, Pastor Kerry and I, a couple other pastors uh, doing a tech study. And, um, this establishment has a movie room, and they were playing Lawrence of Arabia. And I sat last night and watched Lawrence of Arabia because I wanted to see it so much, and I had popcorn, and I would have much, much, well, five. This is a six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. I, yep. I, first I of all, I love popcorn. I love caramel, so this mm. is like. So we usually don't don't give the, the names or anything, but with such high praise, uh, thank you, Kevin and Lisa Piquette. Yeah. That's a great Fantastic. Recipe. Well, well played. Thank you for that. Sell that stuff. <laughs> and if you'd like to make a pound or two bag and bring it to the pastor's office, feel free. It's a great gift. No. Great. <laughs> the recipe actually made, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the, the bin. That was it's filled to the, it's, was pretty much filled to the top. Um, I might have snuck a little bit, and uh, Julie <laughs> grabbed a little bit and, <laughs> uh, before, before I made here, but it was filled to the top, and then there's another thing of that at my house that's gonna stay at my house oh my gosh <laughs> not wow. for that long though <laughs> uh okay i'm sorry i have more comments about this i just can't but it's also like there there is a little like butter and salt on the popcorn itself too right uh not on the popcorn but really? there's a lot of there's a lot of butter in the recipe because it's, so it's like, like i grab one more i just can't <clears throat> it's it's two sticks of butter in the caramel sauce yeah that's oh. the way to wow. go wow is yeah. it really yeah. Yeah. i'm not upset by it either and, um <laughs> and i i so i did add i did add a little bit more extra salt to it uh, so i'll, I'll I that's that. what's it, doing it, to the popcorn yeah. it's, it's one of the homemade ones where it's not mushy a lot of times it's mushy and it's not like the store-bought type that is 
chemical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we only it's do amazing. we only do stovetop popcorn at our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. key. Excellent. I think that I ushers us perfectly into a God moment, Jay. It's my God moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. personally receiving this popcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I'm so thrown off by the popcorn that I honestly <laughs> forgot what it was for a second. So um, um, I don't remember, Doug, exactly when this podcast will be released, but when we are recording it, it we are nearing the, depending what school district you're in, the last few weeks of school. And so this morning, I got to go to my daughter's um, uh, little program that her music class put on in the gym at her school. And um, uh, it's not a secret um, to anybody, but um, Raylan, Raylan um, is differently abled in some ways. And um, I was able to see during the program, um, and I apologize up front if, if I get a little emotional here, but um, during the program, um, none of her aides were up there at all. It was her classmates that helped her through the whole program. Um, and one particular that... Um, held her hand the whole time and just made her comfortable. And she was giggling up there. And um, um, the social, for those that don't know, social interaction is, is the one thing that um, has its various challenges for, for our daughter. And it was just amazing <laughs> to watch that. And um, I, I don't know if I've seen a pure, more pure picture of God's kingdom on earth than, than the way um, her, her classmates surrounded her in that moment. And the joy on her face. So, and she was fully being herself, and I think that's what was so cool. And her classmates were still surrounding her with that much joy. So, um, yeah, I I I got nothing other than like, yeah, God. (laughs) 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 It was super cool. (laughs) Well, thanks for journeying to the well with us. God's peace be with you. The Well is a podcast of St. Luke's ELCA in Middleton, Wisconsin. You can follow for new episodes airing every other Thursday on St. Luke's website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to drop a question in the well, you can dive over to stlcaorg slash the well to submit your questions there. The well is sponsored by St. Luke's Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to leaving a legacy for future generations. You can learn more at stlcaorg slash foundation. Well is produced and edited by Doug Castle. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you next time here at The Well. The one store-bought popcorn that I treat myself to, usually around Christmas time, Costco gets the bag of the one with, like, the chocolate and oh, white drizzle mm-hmm. on it. Oh, yeah. And, like, I feel like I need it's to, candy. like, shoot up with insulin afterwards, but, like, it's so <laughs> good. Because, like, you can't, you can't eat like a reasonable amount of it once you start well okay you probably could